Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time. Hallelujah for Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. We do pray that you will stay tuned today, and we do thank you uh, for coming to our website and that we might gather around the Word of God together today. We are told very clearly in Scripture, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is but much more as you see the day approaching. We are in the end times. I keep saying that everything I think, every time I read the scripture, every time I look at the news, every time I look at world conditions and conditions right here in America and in the church and in the nation of Israel, God's very timepiece prophetically, we see everything that was prophesied coming to pass in a time frame so we are getting ready for the coming of Jesus so we can be ready when he comes hallelujah praise God well we're going to talk today about a great subject Jesus paid it all this is an important message because it has to do with where we spend eternity every last one of us we're going to spend it somewhere you know people think resurrection is just a christian thing uh you know it's just going to happen to christians and everybody else is just going to you know r.i.p rest in peace no there's going to be no rest in peace for anyone who doesn't know christ as their savior there's going to be a resurrection of the just and there's going to be a resurrection of the unjust and the resurrection of the unjust is found in revelation chapter 20 at the great white throne everyone that has ever lived that doesn't know christ as their savior and haven't been washed in the blood of the lamb and granted the gift of of righteousness through salvation is going to stand before God at something called the great white throne judgment. When the land gives up the dead and the sea gives up the dead, everyone that's died anywhere in the world, in any place in the world, will stand before God and be consigned with the false prophet with the Antichrist uh, to the to the lake of fire for eternity. This is not a pleasant message to ponder, but this is the truth of the gospel, and that's why salvation is so important to every person, because everyone is going to be raised from the dead to live somewhere forever. Not a pleasant thought, not a popular message, but the truth from the Word of God. Amen. And how we need the truth from the Word of God. We must not and we cannot waffle on this. We can't back up on this truth because too many souls are at stake. I believe God is going to convict everyone at some point of their sin. I believe that is the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming. When he comes, he will convince the world of sin. And that word is convict the world of sin. Why? Because it's not God's will 
that any perish, but that all have eternal life. But dear friends, as sure as there's a heaven, there is a hell. As sure as the righteous are going to be raised to eternal bliss, eternal life, eternal joy in a place called heaven, the wicked are going to be resurrected to live in another place called hell. And it's described in detail in the scripture. You do not cease to exist you will exist somewhere when your spirit leaves your body. Someone was witnessing to someone not too long ago, and they said, make sure that you know Jesus to someone in an, in a, in an ICU that was getting ready to pass away, and they, they want to pray with them to receive Jesus, and said, make sure, told them, make sure that, that when you draw your last breath and you hear footsteps coming down the hallway, that they're not demons coming to take you uh, to, 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 to hell. They're angels coming to take you to heaven. Praise God. Well, there, there's, there's a lot to cover here today, but I want to declare to you, if you are a Christian, Jesus paid it all. And first thing I want to talk about today is the fact that we all owe a sin debt. Listen to Romans three ten and 12. It says, As it is written, there is none righteous. That means right, wise with God. No, not one. We need to highlight that today and put it in parenthesis. Listen, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. I want you to know if you are a Christian today, you didn't just decide to seek God. God decided to seek you and to send Jesus, amen, to die in your place that he might accept you into his royal family and not reject you. And he sent the Holy Spirit, amen, to to seek you out and to convict you of your sin and show you the way of salvation and the person that is standing ready to save you today. Amen. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, there it is again. Not one. Verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, in archery terms, scholars tell us this means that they've aimed, maybe, with their goodness and good works. They've aimed for the bullseye, and they didn't hit a ring close to it or an outer ring. In fact, they didn't didn't hit the target at all. Coming short of the target means... It doesn't mean you almost made it, but you just didn't hit the bullseye. It meant you didn't even hit the thing the target was on. It was so far off. You see, God's holiness compared to man's best effort of righteousness and goodness. In fact, the Bible said our righteousness that we can produce at its best is as a filthy rag in the sight of God. You will never impress him with your good works, no matter how great they may be, self-sacrificing they are. Amen. But you know what impresses him? What his son has done for you and me on the cross. Therefore, we all owe a sin debt. 
And almost everyone, without exception, thinks they know someone that is so good that by virtue of their own righteousness and their own good works, that they are worthy of heaven. Almost everyone, I've heard it year after year, I've pastored for these many years, 47 years and counting, amen, here in the city of Tampa and done the work of an evangelist simultaneously. And friend of mine, I've heard this over and over. Have you ever heard this? If anyone's going to heaven, he is. If anybody's going to heaven, she is. Why? Because they're such great people, good people, wonderful people. That's not how you go to heaven. It doesn't mean that works don't matter. They do matter. But it's not works that saves you. If you could be saved by works, Jesus didn't need to suffer and die to pay our sin debt. Listen, the scripture is very clear. No, not one. Everyone needs a savior. God handpicked Isaiah to be a major prophet to the ancient Israel and to a messianic prophet to every generation. Isaiah 53 is the gospel in the Old Testament, scholars tell us. And I believe it because it said, Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Amen. Surely, when we saw him, there's nothing that we should desire him. But he was smitten, afflicted, and 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 smitten of God and afflicted. Amen. But surely he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. You see, no, not one is righteous without a sin debt being paid by Jesus Christ. All we have gone astray, but God hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Praise God. Therefore, I'll appoint him a place with the great. (laughs) In fact, I'll appoint him to the greatest place. Glory be to God. God handpicked Isaiah to be a major prophet to ancient Israel and a messianic prophet to every generation and all nations. Yet in God's holy presence, he cried, Woe is me, for I am undone. (laughs) I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. This word literally means undone. I'm ruined. I'm doomed or as good as dead. In the presence of God, he had a a deep sense of his unworthiness in and of himself, though God picked him to be a major spokesman for God, to speak as an oracle of God, as a prophet of God. I don't think many of us fully grasp the awesome, holy nature of our God. When the great question was asked about the mighty lion Aslan in C.S. Lewis writings, is he safe? The answer is no, but he is good. You know, the Bible said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The Apostle Paul was highly motivated to preach the good news that people can be saved from their sin and saved from that eternal place of torment. And he said, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Listen, church, we serve a good God, but he is holy. 
He cannot and will not just overlook our sin. It's not safe for an unholy man or woman to approach a holy God. But in His goodness, He has made a way for us. His forgiveness and 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 His acceptance is based on a judgment passed and a sentence carried out and a, because a sacrifice was offered and a price was paid. Hallelujah. Remember the song? Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but He washed it white as snow. I bought a debt I couldn't pay. It was growing every day. But Jesus paid it all for me. Hallelujah. None of us can pay the sin debt that we owe in and of ourselves. Amen. Listen to Titus 3 and verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's not safe, dear friend, to believe that our good works will be weighed against our bad works, and if the scales tilt enough to the good, we will be saved. No one can pay his own sin debt. Some people have spent 25 years in prison and have been released because the law says they've paid their debt to society. Listen, one billion years in hell will not pay our sin debt. This is where we spend eternity when we die. In heaven or hell, there's only two places I know it's unpleasant to hear. It's unpleasant to preach to tell you the truth. But it is the truth. And woe is me if I do not tell the truth. You know what the Apostle Paul said? He said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Not just what's trending in any particular generation or time, but what is true according to the Word of God. He said, he said, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. And now he's talking about every part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, he said, I've not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, I am pure from the blood of all men. There's a scripture in the book of Ezekiel. And God speaks to him and says, son of man. I have made you a watchman over Israel. This is what Paul was basing that statement on. Listen, I have made you a watchman over Israel. If you see the enemy coming and you warn my people and they do not listen to the warning, they will be destroyed, but you will not be charged with their destruction. You will bear no responsibility for their destruction. But if you see the enemy coming and you fail to warn my people and they are destroyed, there 
blood will I require at your hand. And friend of mine, I believe every person pondering going into ministry needs to consider the words of God in the Old Covenant and the Word of God in the New Covenant and realize that we cannot just follow what is trending or what people want to hear. One of the signs of the last days is they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Let me tell you something today. Amen. People, people do not, by and large, want to hear the whole counsel of God. Only the parts of Scripture. It's almost like I call it cafeteria Christianity. You don't have to eat what's on the plate. You're able to pick and choose at a smorgasbord of different kinds of, of, of promises and, and pleasurable things. And you, and, and leave off the things that you don't like. You know, we don't, we're not even supposed to let our kids do that because they would grow up anemic because they didn't get the nutrition they needed. That's why the people would say, you eat those carrots, you eat those greens, you eat those, this or that. Why? When you clean your plate, then you can get down. I don't believe we necessarily clean our plates on the average Sunday morning service, particularly in the church in America, but really around the world. When we lose a lofty view of God, you see, when Isaiah said, I'm undone, he was standing in the presence of a holy God, and the glory of God filled the temple. And he said, I see the Lord high and lifted up. His train fills the temple. When we lose a lofty view of God like that, we don't take sin very seriously. And the antidote for sin, the cross and Christ's blood are depreciated. Listen, someone said, and here we face another danger, that in our sincere desire to see souls saved, we adjust the message of the cross to avoid offending the world. Paul warned that care had to be taken not to preach the cross with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. That's in 1 Corinthians 1, 17. But surely the gospel can be explained in a new way that is more appealing to the ungodly than those old-time preachers presented it. Perhaps today's techniques for packaging and selling could be used to clothe the cross in music or a beat or entertaining presentation, such as the world uses, that would give the gospel a new relevancy or at least a familiarity. Psychology, too, can can be drawn upon to provide a more positive approach. Let us not confront sinners with their sin and the gloom and doom of coming judgment but explain that their behavior isn't really their fault so much as is the result of the abuse they have suffered or some other reason. Are we not all victims? And didn't Christ come to rescue us from the victimization and our low self-confidence and self-esteem and to restore all of that to us? 
Blend the cross with pop psychology, and the world will be the path to our churches, filling them with new members. Such is today's new evangelicalism. Listen, friend, that has got to change. It should have never got to that point. A.W. Tozer wrote, and I quote, If I see right, the cross of popular evangelism is not the cross of the New Testament. It's rather a new bright ornament upon the bosom of a self-assured and carnal Christianity. The old cross slew men. The new cross entertains them. The old cross condemned. The new cross amuses. The old cross destroyed confidence in the flesh. The new cross encourages it. Ah, the flesh, smiling and confident, preaches and sings about the cross. Before that cross, it bows, and toward that cross, it points with carefully staged histrionics. But upon that cross, it will not die. And the reproach of the cross, it stubbornly refuses to bear. Friend of mine, if these words were not true, I would not requote them. I would not re, I would, I would not retweet them. <laughs> Amen. But they are true today. We all owe a sin debt. None of us can pay it ourselves. And God, in His love and mercy, for people as hopeless and helpless as we are without Jesus, has judged our sin in His Son so that our sin debt can be canceled. Listen to Colossians two thirteen through 15 And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it, to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, it literally being the cross. When a person was crucified, a list of their offenses was nailed to their cross as well. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, the sins of fallen man were nailed to it. My sins, your sins. Listen to Colossians three thirteen through 15 through this translation. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive. Quicken means made alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This ancient Greek term translated truly written code. This writing referred to a handwritten certificate of indebtedness that obliged the signer the note stood between him and the person he owed until it was paid. 
The debt would often become a heavy burden which the debtor was unable to pay. Paul says here that Jesus Christ took it away and nailed it to the cross. When Jesus cried, it is finished on the cross, just before he gave up the ghost, he cried, tetelestai, which means paid in full. It's rendered in the King James, it is finished or it is accomplished. You see, the Greek word handwriting also referred to a certificate of debt like a mortgage on a home. God's forgiveness is like that of a person wiping the ink off a parchment that documented our debt. Through Christ's death on the cross, God totally erased our certificate of indebtedness. He made our forgiveness complete. To believe on Jesus, our sins are put to Christ's account, nailed to His cross, and He paid the penalty in their place. Because Jesus was God incarnate, only He can pay the infinite debt that sinners have against God. Not too many years ago, archaeologists unearthed an ancient urn dating back to the first century. Inside was a parchment which was determined to be a property deed with a word stamped on it, paid in full, tetelesta, the exact word in the Aramaic that Jesus cried from the cross. This should be cause of great appreciation. This should be stimulation for great love for Christ. This should be a basis for our overflowing joy. This should be a reason for the great rejoicing of our heart today. Amen. I love that song by Lamb that was written some years ago. And it said, Be ye glad. I know we're in tough times, but Jesus paid it all. I know that we're in circumstances that are bringing pressure. I know the perilous time is here. I know we're in, in, in this time of anguish and trouble. In this world, you shall have tribulation, anguish. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And when we put our problems our pressures beside what Jesus has accomplished for us that will affect us not just here and now, but for all eternity. Oh, be ye glad, be ye glad, be ye glad. This is a time to rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. And to rejoice that we are saved if you know Christ today. I like the lyrics to the song that Lamb wrote years ago called Be You Glad. It says, In the days, in these days of confused situations, in this night of a restless remorse, when the heart and the soul of a nation lay wounded and cold as a corpse, from the grave of the innocent Adam comes a song bringing joy to the sad. Oh, your cry has been heard and the ransom has been paid up in full. Be ye glad. Be ye glad. Be ye glad. Every debt that you've ever had has been paid up in full by the grace of the Lord. Be ye glad. Be ye glad. Be ye glad. 
So be like lights on the rim of the water given, giving hope in a storm sea of night. Be a refuge amidst the slaughter of these fugitives in their flight. For you are timeless and part of a puzzle. You are winsome and young as a lad. And there's no disease or no struggle that can pull you from God. Be ye glad. Be ye glad. Be ye glad. Oh, hallelujah. What would happen if every Christian got a new lofty view of God, saw clearly what a sin did we owed, and appreciated anew and afresh the price that was paid to pay up our sin debt and the person who paid it, Jesus Christ. What if we fell in love with Him over again? Hallelujah. What if the first love began to burn brightly in the heart of every child of God today? And we, we couldn't wait to get in God's house with God's people to worship Him together in the spirit of holiness. Praise God and in the beauty of holiness and in spirit and in truth. Praise God. What if the joyful sound was heard again in the midst of such oppression and depression? What if people could could see and sense in the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ today, amen, an optimism and a hope Praise God, knowing that Jesus is coming soon and that that we have been washed in His blood. Amen. And we are going to go out to meet Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be ye glad today. Serve the Lord with gladness, all ye lands. Hallelujah. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. Come before His presence with singing. Hallelujah. Be ye glad. For your sin debt has been paid up in full by the grace of God, by Jesus Christ on the cross. Today, if you don't know Jesus, the Bible said the wrath of God, the justifiable anger of God is resting on you. But the God who is obligated by His holiness to judge your sin and to judge you as a sinner, has offered you an antidote, has offered you a man, a way out of that prison and that place that you are in. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him and in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. It's not His will, the Scriptures declare, that any perish, but that all come to repentance, that all come to Christ, that all be forgiven. He wants you saved. He wants you sealed by the Holy Spirit. He wants you to live with Him in heaven forever. He doesn't want you banished. He doesn't want you punished. He wants you home with Him forever 
and ever. No more dying. No more pain. No more pressure. No more sickness. No more disease. No more plague. No more parting from loved ones that have went on before us. Some of you got a mama in heaven, daddy in heaven, brother, sister in heaven, child in heaven. Make sure that you go to heaven to spend it with him and them. Come to Jesus today. Don't miss this opportunity. The door of the ark is open. And Jesus bids you come. Come. Repent of your sin. Receive Christ as your Savior. And have your sin debt stamped, paid in full. And be ye glad.